This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are. It's Tuesday, and we're flipping the page. We're turning to the playoffs, which we'll get into in just a second. We want to provide, uh, obviously, constant updates on Tamar Hamlin's condition. So right after we get off the air yesterday, the UC Medical Center has a video conference, press conference with the same two doctors that have been that were taking the lead on Damar Hamlin's care at the UC Medical Center in Cincinnati, Dr. Knight, Dr. Pritz. And we're like, okay, great. We're going to get an update on Damar's condition, see how things are going. They come on. Damar's been discharged. He's back in Buffalo. Damar's under not a, here. Under a medical care team in <laughs> Buffalo. Things are looking great. Lung function's awesome. You know, we were a little concerned about the flight, but everything's fine. Was, I'm he's, sitting there going, what? He what? took a, he took a stroll today. He's walking around the wing of the I, hospital now. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're all thrilled. But I was just like, <laughs> when the hell did that happen? That is he's, the best. He's in Buffalo already. He's I was like, Buffalo. holy crow. Like, what, 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 what? I mean, it's great news, but I was totally shocked. That's awesome. I, I don't know. that I, didn't, I just took it for granted. Um, you know, he didn't fly commercial. Right. Well, no, so, but I think that, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. But oh, by the way, he's not here. I mean, I thought, what? I thought the most likely news was he's going to be discharged today. Like that was like yeah. the extent of it. That's the that's that. Yeah. You thought that would be like, like best case scenario. Exactly. We're going to discharge him today. Like, at you? the very most, we're going to hear he's getting discharged later today. Like right. that's what right. we're going to get. Right. And in it's great. Day, or it's going to be a day or two. And we'll love in it. a day or two, he's going to be able to be home. Da, da, da. No, no, he's <laughs> discharged. He already flew on a plane. He's in Buffalo. I, I couldn't believe it. That's awesome. Um, and I think the most important thing as far as it impacts the team and the organization and his teammates and the coaches is this. And Coach McDermott said it. He said yesterday, it means more that DeMar is back in Buffalo with us. There is no longer that separation. What did right. Tredavious White say after the game you can't on Sunday? I can't wait to hug the expletive out of him. Right. Uh, these guys 
while all the good news and seeing him on video conference, you know, waving to him, saying, love you, boys, is important and has value, nothing is going to beat them literally getting their arms around him. Right. Don't squeeze him too tight, okay? The guy's still recovering. Um, right. Getting their arms around him, being next to him. Talk to him. Talking to him face-to-face. That is going to go a whole lot further than what they had to go on last week. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think that more – I think that equips them more to play this Sunday against the Dolphins than anything they got last week. Right. Like, he's in town. I, I think they can actually say to themselves, all right, this guy just flew on a plane to come back to Buffalo. Yeah, he's still under a watchful eye, but he's good. Like, he's yeah, good. Yeah, like, they can convince right. themselves of that Absolutely. now, I think. Yeah, well, they don't have to take somebody's word for it, you know? Right. Um, they just go see him. And I'm sure that, you know, obviously there's a short list of uh, allowable things that DeMar can do still. Um, having his teammates come visit him is probably one of the things that's on the list that's okay oh, yeah. right now. So, yeah, that's awesome. You can bet a ton of guys probably went to see it, see him. Um, awesome news. Awesome news. And, and, and I – that was all – it wasn't – you know, it's not on the same plane, but it's like the kickoff return going for a touchdown. It's like, what? You got to go to what? Yeah, that's going to happen? He, he's in, no, not only – he's not doing – he's not just doing better. He's in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? We were watching it on, on the screen. I was like, what did they just say? He's in Buffalo? When that was did amazing. that happen? That was awesome. That yeah. was really awesome. And I hate to say it, but, and the, the doctors that we all love – I was like, oh, turn those guys off. Turn those guys off. <laughs> I don't need to hear any more. We need to, you know, I wanted to see, you know, where is he? Right? So, awesome news. That was awesome. That, but that, they buried the lead right there, right? I mean, that. Yeah. Or actually just opposite of the lead. They gave us the lead and we didn't need to listen to them anymore. You know, they, they went from, you know, UC, the place where we were, we couldn't take our eyes off it to, you know, elsewhere where else our attention just went elsewhere right, right away it was it's amazing uh, but thanks to the all the thanks so much man to the city of cincinnati and uc medical center they all those great. doctors first class all the way oh my gosh what what a testament to themselves their city um their professionalism it was just great uh, it was really added something the way they handled it just added something human to the whole ordeal, and it was I got to get tip your hat to the whole, the, from start to finish, everybody who was involved at every level in every, in both cities and both organizations, just awesome. Yeah, it was just great. awesome. Uh, the coaching carousel has begun to spin in the NFL, and the Bills, members of the Bills organization, are being requested for interviews. We told you yesterday that there are reports out there that the Tennessee Titans, who need a new general manager, have requested permission to speak to Senior Director of Pro Personnel Malik Boyd of the Bills. The Carolina Panthers, meanwhile, have reportedly requested to interview Bills Offensive Coordinator Ken Dorsey for their head coaching position. So, obviously, there are connections there between Dorsey and the Panthers. He previously worked for them on their coaching staff as quarterbacks coach, and there is a connection in the front office with the Bills. Dan Morgan is there. Uh, He took a promotional job there after leaving here, 
thought I think he's the assistant GM. I forgot to look it up right before we came on the air, but I believe he's the assistant GM in Carolina. So there are ties there. There is a familiarity there. The Panthers, by the way, have also requested to interview Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka for their head coaching position. So it appears as though Carolina is going to beat the bushes for some offensive-minded head coaching candidates. And to no one's surprise, they're looking for someone who's got some chops either A, under Brian Dayball, because both Mike Kafka and Ken Dorsey worked under Brian Dable, use those offensive systems. Clearly, whoever is making the decisions there in Carolina likes that offensive system in terms of putting up points. Right. So those guys are the early requests for interviews. Meanwhile, Denver is interviewing every defensive-minded coach under the sun. D'Amico Ryans was requested. Dan Quinn was requested. The Cowboys, D.C. And there was one other uh, defensive coordinator that was requested, and they have one in house as well, Edgero Evero. Detroit uh, f- was one of them from the holdover staff. Ben Johnson, the offensive yeah, coordinator in Detroit, was requested right. for an interview. Uh, was it by Denver? I think it was by. I, I think Carolina. it might be by Carolina, Carolina as well. Yeah, Carolina's got a longer. They're the going long, all off. They've got the longest list of head coaches right now, and it goes like they're all on. Uh, Jim Caldwell's on it. Frank Reich's on it. Uh, yeah, and all the and all the hot coordinators in the league are on it. You know, all the guys, both the guy from Detroit's on it, the guy from L.A. The Rams is on it. So yeah, they've got they're starting to move and move fast. Broncos also conducted a virtual interview Monday with University of Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Um, Dan Quinn, D'Amico Ryan's, Raheem Morris was who I was thinking of, the Rams defensive coordinator. Right. <clears throat> He's also been requested. Um, and they believe that Harbaugh and Sean Payton could be in the mix. Dan as Quinn well. is high up in the Broncos, I think. Yeah, he's one of the guys that they requested. Yeah. Yes, and D'Amico Ryan's the Niners DC, who's got yeah. the best defense in football right now. Yeah. So um, names that, are going to continue mm-hmm. to fly around. Shane, uh, Eagles offensive coordinator Shane. I don't know how you say. Oh, Steichen. Yeah. Steichen. Uh, Mike Kafka, of you, you mentioned Steve Wilkes, the Panthers' interim head coach, is also on who did a nice job. I mean, nice not for job. nothing. Carolina looked like a wayward team right. when they fired Matt Rule, and Wilkes takes over. They go six and six down the stretch, and threw Baker Mayfield overboard. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> he went six and six with Sam Darnold and PJ Walker. <laughs> That's pretty good. And you want to know why? Because they were running the tar out of the ball and doing it really well. Without McCaffrey. Yeah, uh, traded away McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Did it without McCaffrey. The Cleveland Browns are looking for a um, defensive coordinator. Sean Desai, Brian Flores, of lately of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Gerard Mayo, Patriots, uh, linebackers coach. Uh, those are all requested by the Browns to be their new defensive coordinator. Uh, and you said it. Uh, Sean Payton is also the former Saints head coach is on the Denver list for has requested an interview with him. Dan Quinn, as I mentioned, um, there's yeah, it's they're busy. The general manager horse race is also really interesting um, for the Tennessee Titans, and of course, also we just found out yesterday that it was going to be the Arizona Cardinals were going to be in that general manager race as well. Um, 
they're they're asking they're talking the Arizona Cardinals are talking to a guy, uh, these guys Ian Cunningham who's the Bears assistant general manager Quentin mm-hmm. Harris a Cardinals vice president of player personnel Monty Osenfort Titans director of player personnel and Adrian Wilson Cardinals VP of pro personnel and all these guys are people none of us see on TV and you'd have to be a local media guy to know who these yeah. guys are but it's much like you know Joe Shane you know, not a lot of people outside Buffalo had his name on the tip of their tongue, and that's right. you know now he's in the playoffs with the Giants and and Dayball. Meanwhile, in Chicago, Bears GM Ryan Poles, who just finished his first year as Bears GM, holds the number one pick in the draft this year. Uh, they eked out um, the Texans for the top pick in the draft after the Texans won last week. And here's the thing. (laughs) Ryan Poles, the speculation is, is he going to draft a quarterback first overall, or are they going to ride with Justin Fields, who made some progress as a quarterback, but mainly as a running threat? He didn't really expand the passing game for the Bears, but he ran for 1,000 yards and only played like 14 games. Uh, So the, the looming question in Chicago is, is this the guy they're going forward with? Or are they going to draft another one first overall? So Ryan Pohl's answer today at his end-of-season press conference is as follows. Justin Fields is our plan as the starter for next season. I have to be absolutely blown away to take a quarterback number one overall. Right. Now, that's not saying he can't be. Um, but I think that lays and, out the parameters that it's and it, it's more than likely it's Fields as the starter next or, year. Or he's posturing. Or he's posturing. To set the kid up already to have high expectations and say, wow, okay, this guy must be pretty good before they ever see who the yeah. kid is. It could be posturing, and he may be saying, listen, Fields is nice. That's a nice little guy, but he can't throw the football well enough for us. We're going to get a kid that can play and yeah. have two guys on their rookie contracts. I would not take Bryce Young over Justin Fields. Oh, absolutely not. I'm not. I haven't it. seen enough of Will Levis to make a decision on that as to whether I would tease another quarterback who's considered to go high in the draft this year. I would not take. I don't know if I, I got to see more of him to know whether I would consider taking him over Justin Fields. Obviously, the advantage you would have if you draft a quarterback is now you've got a potential starter on a rookie deal and you can fill out other parts of your roster. So, Fields you know, is on a rookie deal, too. Right, but this is year three coming up. Right, but you don't have to make a call on him. He can st- you no. let him go and let this kid. Which I think is why you can let the kid, the number one pick, gestate. You know. Uh, okay, I see what you're saying. You got two. They're not costing you anything. You can build the rest of your roster. Finally, get an offensive line, maybe. Well, yeah. First pick in the draft doesn't cost you nothing, and these days those contracts are fully guaranteed. It was, yeah. So, still, we'll have to see where it goes. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting off season in Chicago for sure. Because uh, they've they're chock full of draft picks after trading Roquan Smith, trading Robert Quinn, you know, and now they have the first pick in the draft to boot. Hey, gets, hey gets if they on. if they want to ride with Fields, they don't, they're not crazy about any of the quarterbacks. Trade out of that top spot for somebody who wants a quarterback, and get like two or three first round picks, or at least two in the first, one in the second. You know that kind of deal. You got the first pick in the draft. You got some major major draft capital there. Right. It's very interesting to see what Chicago does under the new leadership of Ryan Poles. Uh, Still 
watching and waiting to see what Sean McVay does with the L.A. Rams. Is he coming back next year? Is he not? He's uh, He'll be out there, so we don't know. Uh, McVay, incidentally, has lost his offensive coordinator. Liam Cohen is going to Kentucky to apparently be their new head coach. So if he does come back, he'll need a new O.C., that's interesting, and I don't know if anybody's been following this. I'm sure some people have about the Sean McVay saga in with the L.A. Rams. He's 36, and he's already won a Super Bowl, and he's got a stack of cash. And he, there's wide speculation. He's calling it quits. Yeah. Uh, he he's was gonna, hedging last year, remember? He's going to step away. He was hedging last year. And, and, I, and I saw an interesting point today on, on social that – Think about these two guys. One's 36, who has won a Super Bowl, achieved the pinnacle of his career in one of the largest markets in the country, with, you know, just did it. Now, good for him. And you've got a 70-plus-year-old guy in New England who's going to stick around and try and cobble together a lackluster roster and rebuild at 70. That's the difference between a, a young guy who's coaching – to give himself a life, and a and an old guy who's coaching because it's all he knows, and I don't know what, and I don't know Bill Belichick or Sean Payton, you know, and they don't know me. Whether who knows? There's two guys with a different life philosophy. Well, yeah, and and Sean McVay just got married last year too, so that kind of changes the dyna- that can change the dynamic also. So and you know, so Belichick's a seventy plus year old guy whose life life's work is coaching who is not going to give it up and here's a 36 year old guy who's already done anything won a won a world championship been to two super bowls won one of them and it's like going you know i'm young just got married like you know maybe do something else for a minute you know yeah. i'm gonna enjoy it i'm not saying one's right and one's wrong but i'll tell you what that's two ends of the spectrum and I've said it a ton, and it's still the truth. It's as true today as it was when I said it before, however true it was. Coaching is not a job or a career. It is a lifestyle. And if you want to do something else, you got to get out of it. You can't, like, well, maybe I'll just be a coordinator. No. You can't. Maybe I'll just be a high school coach. Mm-mm. Maybe I'll coach Pop Warner. Mm-mm. Once you step into that, man, these the way these guys are operated and the way they're wired, you're in it. That's it. Neck deep. You're not doing anything else. So to have a guy like Sean McVay out in LA who's already done it and now they're and now the, they're paying the piper for all the for the way that they won the Super Bowl last year. They're like going, this is gonna be a while before we can build out of, you know, climb out of this hole. I'm just gonna go do something else for a minute. You know, I don't want that's you know, that's a lot of work for for very small chance of success. Why am I going to bang my head against the wall? And then you got the other guy in New England who's been to 10 of them and wants still hungry for, what, number 11. Yeah. You just can't, you know, going to stick around well, wants, and rebuild it from the ground up. He wants to pass Shula. That's I what, get it. That's what he wants to of do. Of course All he time does. wins. Sure he does. He's, and he's, he's a ways away. He's in, yeah, it's probably another couple of years, right? Three. Maybe four with where his team's at right, right. now. Right. Uh, yeah, he'll make it. In th- he's twenty. Well, we got to look it up. But he's twenty-four behind, maybe thirty-four. And they finished eight and nine this year. 
And he's got to get to 347, right? Shula's got 347 career wins as a head coach in the NFL. And he's got right. three he's, something. He's got three eight. Uh, he's got three, 298. Oh, he hasn't even hit three yet? He's 298. So he is hmm. 30 wins behind. That's yeah. three years. That, it's probably more with at where 10 his wins at. each. It's got to be. He's not winning he, 10 and he's, games each of the next three years. And he's 71. Yeah. <clears throat> That's whatever. I, yeah, you know. In my world, I hope he doesn't even get there. Not that I like Shula that much either, but whatever. Well, um, yeah. I, yeah, you know how I feel about Shula. He's in probably he's the worst championship game ever. The Georgia Bulldogs run roughshod <laughs> over TCU 65-7. to I mean, I was concerned that Georgia was going to run away from them, you know, second half or something. This game was over before you even got to halftime. It was over at the coin flip, bro. Wow. It was, uh, it was a, a beatdown. A bulldog beatdown. Um, and, you know, uh, the guy that is going to be the first Georgia Bulldog off the board in the draft in the spring has officially declared for the NFL draft. Defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Number 88 in your program has officially declared for the 2023 NFL draft, and that boy is a stud and a half. He's ridiculous. That's the kid that I showed you that picked up the LSU quarterback with one arm Did while fending off a defender or an offensive lineman he's to sack up the, the guy. One one yeah. He's got the quarterback under his arm <laughs> holding up a number one on a sack. Like, it, it's like one of the great photos of all time. It's awesome. He's he's just different. He really is. He's a, uh, and yeah, they he's got a, he's, he's a, a stud among studs. I mean, they got nothing but five stars there, and he stands out. He could pull a Laramie Tunsil and be a top ten pick, right? You know? I I think he go. I think he's top five. I think yeah. he's off unless a couple of quarterbacks come out of the woodwork late in the pre-draft process to push people down. He's top five. He'll okay. be top five. He's quarterbacks, that good. There's always a couple extra quarterbacks in the mix, which will do it. But yeah, that's the only thing that I think teams, could push him down. Teams, the guys aren't on their radar now, and teams will talk themselves into a Josh Allen type scenario, and you know, yeah. So, but yeah, I think the guys are top five. There are some guys in that Georgia team last night. On that, I, I granted. You can say what you want about TCU, and, and, but man, oh man, there were some dominant performances last night on the defensive line of Georgia. And there was more than one. Well, they, the Herb kid. Street, Herb Street, the, the commentator was saying, look, you get, so you get this guy who's this unbelievable guy. They rotate him out. The next guy is the same guy. Yeah. They got, so Jalen Carter, I think, is a true junior, so he's declaring for the draft. He's leaving. The guy that lines up. The guy that lined up next to him last year was Jordan Davis, who's 360 pounds and was a first-round pick. The guy that lined up next to him was Quay Walker, who was a first-round pick of the Packers. And the guy that lined up on the other side of him also went in the first round uh, or went in the first pick overall, Trayvon Walker. So, like, and then last night you got Jalen Carter at defensive tackle right next to him is a true freshman who looks just like him. Bear Alexander is his name, and he looks like a grizzly. And he 
he 99. He played as good as anybody out there. Yeah. He was all over the place. Yep. And he's like 320. And they got an incoming kid who's as big as Jordan Davis is now in the NFL at 360. They have a guy that's just as big as him. He's on the incoming freshman class. Here's the thing. He's 17. It's not going to be. Yeah. It's, Where did they find these kids? It's like they're, they're space aliens. These are mutant right. children. So they. How long is it going to be before every guy on the field, including the wide receivers, are going to be 280 pounds plus, all 6'5 plus? They're all going to be – every guy on the team, on the field, is going to be running a 4'4", 4'5", and they're all going to weigh 285 pounds. They're all going to be 6'5". Every position – they're all going to look the same size on TV. Yeah. It's, it's, it's working towards that way. They're getting – they are getting – ridiculously athletic, ridiculously big, and because the game is such is so entrenched in our society that the kids are starting to play like flag football at five and six years old, they're coming out polished. Like they're polished with technique and concepts. It's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, we're headed there. Every guy on the field is going to be 6'5", and they're all going to be like 250-plus pounds. The skill positions will be 250. And then the the guys down inside will all be 350. That's ridiculous. That's like... You had no that's idea. That's like Ted Washington running a 4'7". I told... Yes. <laughs> yes. Just think about how ridiculous that yes. sounds. <laughs> That's where we are 20 years later. Sal will tell you this too, Sal Capaccio, and I've done You're on the sidelines and you're, you're standing in the right spot just by coincidence because you never know where the play is going to go. And you get guys that tumble out of bounds in front of you and they're, they're high intensity plays, you know, right there on the side, on the sticks. Yeah. Or, or if you get lucky and it's a long play and even, even the DBs and the yeah. athletes, linebackers come tumbling out of bounds, you can feel the ground move. You can feel the ground vibrate. Oh, yeah. They come out of there and it, and you swear. Somebody's really hurt bad. Somebody's going to get out of there with a busted leg, at least with the intensity and the speed and the power that they come swooshing off that sideline. And they hop up like nothing, like they were just, they tied their shoe and they got up. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. That's why yeah. this game, that's why football at the college level, that, that championship game, and certainly the NFL, and every week and every game, you've got guys out there that are so big and so fast. It, you can't not watch. It is a car wreck every play. Yeah, it is unbelievable. Even in the game nowadays, where they say, "Ah, this NFL's soft." It's all that. It ain't softer. Maybe a lot smarter the way they handle their players, so mm-hmm. they can play a week to week. But <laughs> it ain't soft. No, it is not soft. To put a uh, bow on the Georgia discussion. Oh my gosh, these guys! I can't remember if they have the number one recruiting class this year, but they're in the top two or three. If they didn't. And then there's this, Steve. Georgia returns 75% of their current roster, and they also landed the two top wide receivers from the transfer portal for 2023. (laughs) I mean, Kirby Smart has figured out how to corner the recruiting market and the transfer market at the same time. Well... 
Because in college, it's all about the players. Like it's oh, all yeah. about the talent. That's yeah. You over can out, you can out athleticize your opponent because the hashes are wider and you, you can, can run to the far side speed, of the field. Speed kills, yeah. and that's you know, and you can get you can just be faster. That's it's always been that way. And last night in the pregame, I know you saw some of this too. Uh, Deion Sanders was on the panel, and of course Nick Saban was there as the most unhappy panelist of all time because he wasn't playing in the game. <laughs> You don't think that guy's over there going like just – I mean, it is a – that's why college coaches don't always transfer well into the NFL. It's rare. Harbaugh did it. John, uh, Jim Harbaugh did it pretty well, no question. Um, got the San Francisco 49ers of the Super Bowl. He's a good coach. You know, that kind of thing. But Nick Saban, he was like, I'm out of here. This is, you know, the Miami Dolphins stuff. He was like, are you kidding me? It is all about recruiting. That is their full-time job. Yeah. They've got a coaching staff that handles the football X's and O's, but, man, those head coaches are billboards for the program. They are salesmen for the program to 17-, 18-year-old kids and their families. Their entire operation is centered around recruiting, finding the best players, the biggest athletes, and getting them to come to their school. That's it. And that's that's where you win and lose. Yep. And last night was a perfect example. Georgia crushed TCU with with a five eleven hundred ninety hundred and eighty pound quarterback who nice arm live arm, but man oh man, he's just getting getting rid of it, man. He's just throwing it to people that can do s- stupid things out there, and and ain't nobody touching him. Yeah, I mean, goodness gracious. It's an it's a recruiting thing. That's why the NFL is different. That, when a team wins in the national title game by 58, 65-7, bro. When you win by 58, that's going to land you a few extra guys. They want to they want to be in that game. Yeah. Cuz that last night I noticed this and I thought it to myself. That national championship game last night was a lot like a Super Bowl. It was in SoFi. The, it was in SoFi. The crowd was nuts. The pageantry, the pregame stuff, the lead-in with the the long pregame. Yep. You know the the all of that stuff. And I'm yeah, sure it played that, out like a Super Bowl. I'm sure pre-game. that they the kids were there. The teams. I don't know. I don't know. I would imagine they were there at least through this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, I know they're student athletes. From what I heard, one of the sponsors flew students to the game. Because obviously Georgia's coming from across the country, TCU right. kids coming from Fort Worth. Right. They flew hundreds of kids to the game. Sponsors did Bless on the sponsors' heart. dollars. Good for them. You know, I mean, it was because they big. want that atmosphere. Yeah, they want the atmosphere, and it was there too. It was all live, and it, it was it was great. So that so you're right. When you beat a team sixty-five seven, it's not only a, a billboard for your program it's a billboard for your school people are like yeah okay when they become fans they're like yeah i like i'm I'm a fan of that team that's my team now that's why we were (laughs) that's why my son was sweating on getting admitted because after they won the national title last year my son's you know he did early action and everything to try to get into georgia that was his number thousand applicants it was his number one choice and the admissions office after the fact we found out they got 10,000 more applications than yeah. they usually do yeah. because they won the national title. They right. got, that's just students wanting to go there. And listen. Think about players, recruits. Students doing it. And listen, the students don't get scholarship. 
That's yeah. 10,000 people who are willing to pay to go <laughs> to Georgia. Yeah. That's, that's – you're talking bottom line stuff. Yep. And they're going, sweet. Before we go to break – uh, we do want to let you know what our Twitter topic of the day is as we flip the page to the wildcard playoff game between the Bills and Dolphins. It is as follows. What aspect of the Bills do you believe needs a little fine-tuning for the playoffs? Something that you need, that you believe needs a little refinement going into the postseason to really have the Bills humming in all three phases. You can let us know at 803-0550-1888-550-2550, the number to get on board there. We have an open line for you. There's also some breaking news in the league, which we'll discuss a little bit more when we come back. The Ravens have agreed in principle with all-pro linebacker Roquan Smith, with whom they traded to acquire from Chicago at the trade deadline. He is now the highest-paid player at his position in NFL history. Five years, $100 million dollars. 45 million fully guaranteed, 60 million in total guarantees. He is the first off the ball linebacker to get 20 million per year. Roquan Smith represented himself like somebody else on the Baltimore roster who has not signed an extension yet. His name is Lamar Jackson. He's a franchise tag candidate now, as far as I'm concerned. And then on top of that, Let's not forget who the Bills have to f- somehow try to re-sign this offseason. You better believe the Roquan Smith contract is going to be used as a measuring stick for the Tremaine Edmonds camp. We'll take a break here. Be back with your phone calls as we're asking you, what aspect of the Bills do you think needs a little fine-tuning for the postseason? 803-0550, the number to get on board. Steve Tasker, Chris Brown, back in a moment here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.